Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello. Welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm joined by another senior editor from Above the Law, Catherine Rubino. Indeed. How are you? Good. So we are here. Uh, this is uh, this is a good time to announce uh, yeah. early. Uh, often, if you're used to receiving this in your in your feed on Tuesdays, uh, we will move slightly and start having uh, episodes on Wednesdays. Uh, just a uh, a yeah, few, a little, it's little a few change. hours, but yeah. don't worry. Uh, it's but uh, this is is corresponding. The good news is you often hear us say things, especially in 2020. I feel yeah. <laughs> more so than any other year. You hear us talk about stuff, and you probably are going, that was "I don't like know why they said ago. that." Nine stories already <laughs> happened since then. Uh, yeah, because obviously we would record the week before and then release it early in the week. We're gonna move right. to recording a tighter window of recording closer to when we release. Uh, that does require us to move to Wednesdays, but I think it'll... I think it'll, be, it'll help. It'll be for the better for all the rest of you long to uh, feel long-term. Like, you know, when we say, when we talk about stuff, not knowing that it didn't Yeah, what, what's going to happen in the week in between recording and releasing? Right. And obviously this year has been... Right the most, with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, the most troubling So, event. So what has happened in the world, in the legal world, since last we spoke, Joseph? Um, since last we talked, last we talked, the Supreme Court confirmation happened, which we knew was going to happen, but like that has officially happened. Uh, a second little public event was held for it, uh, which... I, I, I mean, okay, so so that's true. Amy COVID Barrett has yeah. been um, officially sworn in as a justice um, on the Supreme Court. She's taking over not only Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat, but her chambers as well. So that's all, that's all real. And and I know a lot of people uh, obviously were, were very upset about it. Uh, but for my own my own mental health, I guess I'd already kind of assumed it was happening. Of course. It was the only, it's the first time since the Reconstruction era that um, a Supreme Court candidate was confirmed with zero votes from the opposing party. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's so that's where right. we are. That's a, that's a, that's a, very distinct legacy. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel it is. On the other hand, there is something to be said for this is also an era where we don't have, um, where we've blown up the concept of the filibuster entirely. Mm -hmm. So there are people who went through that process over those years who probably could have been confirmed if we lived in a world without the filibuster. But that was a tradition of the Senate that was there. Some people call it anti-democratic, which it kind of is, except it's really the only thing making the Senate close to democratic uh, because yeah, I mean, the, the, the Senate right. is fundamentally undemocratic. It is, since it's right. fundamentally undemocratic, the filibuster right. by Rhode design, Island has the same number of senators as Texas. Right. And the filibuster by design is supposed to be there. So you don't get a situation where senators who are elected with like 13 to 20 million fewer voters who they mm -hmm. represent being the majority while the people with all the actual people people in the world mm -hmm. being the minority and not able to do anything. And the filibuster is supposed to give that minority represented party some ability to slow things down. Right. It got abused 
pretty badly. It has then gotten blown up. And so we get to this point. Now it's worse. Right. And so now- Good news. Now it's worse. Now matters are worse. And I think Uh, that that kind of is a a weird dovetail into what's going on now, right? Because with Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court, uh, the one thing that everybody kind of left of center or even a large chunk of the center uh, is talking about is court reform. Yes. Well, and um, I know you you've said on the podcast, mm-hmm. you've written about it extensively, but you are very concerned that expanding the court will blow up in Democrats face. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of expansion. I think that I part of it is a and not to get all legal philosophy it is mm-hmm. very a I have a very Rawlsian view of how things should work in this world. OK, <laughs> and I feel do, do go on. I feel as though a lot of the problem in this world is that. The reaction to the abuse that happened here with the and I also am one of those people who believes there's only one abuse of the process here. It just happened in two distinct halves. Either Gorsuch gets on the court and she doesn't, or Garland gets on the court and she does. But I feel like mm-hmm. the Republicans were going to get this five four level majority sure. one way or the other. It was the attempt to get cake and eaten it too, uh, that is an abuse. And something probably needs to be done about that uh, to make it more fair and more representative of how the founders set up the country. That said, I would much rather not engage in the tit-for-tat game of, well, we'll do this. We're going to add six senators. We'll we'll add more people because I just feel like that only invites the retaliatory response of, well, then we're going to do it. And then that sort of and one thing I said to somebody recently talking about this and why I would personally prefer a staggered term limit system where judges justices remain justices for life, but their active duty, much like we have senior judges at the at other levels, just redefine how the Judiciary Act works. You could just statutorily redefine it that the active panel of the Supreme Court is only the nine most recent mm-hmm. and say that there's 18-year terms. Every two years, another one gets put on. It becomes automatic. It becomes clockwork. Who you vote for in an election becomes the person who chooses the next two justices, right. and that's it. Uh, I think that part of the reason I think that is that I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I said, look, tit for tat is an easier sell than putting toothpaste back in a bottle. And Mm -hmm. I feel as though if this sort of a term limit system were to come into place and we would have at least two, potentially four justices added and taken off through this format, it would be difficult then for somebody to come into power again and go, you know what, let's get rid of all them and go back to a lifetime thing where we can pack and blah. And it's like, no, it would become a norm that makes sense, that is fair, and that you could mm-hmm. trust either direction. Mm-hmm. I like that better than whoever happens to control everything, especially where elections are screwy at this point, representation is messed up, gerrymandering, the Senate is anti-democratic. I would much prefer a system like that than one that gives whoever has their hand on the lever the ability to blow everything up. Sure, sure. And and. It is going to be a very, I mean, assuming knock on everything that we have, yeah. that there is a Democrat in charge of the executive branch. Hopefully we also get the Senate. You know, I think that it will be a very interesting world that we're we're going to have. I think there's a lot of proposals that are very serious court reform. And I know last week we talked a lot about Biden saying that he wanted a bipartisan commission to, to study it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that particularly now, I think that 
something has to be done. I think Biden knows something has to be done. I don't know exactly what that'll be, but it'll be very, you know, as a spectator of history as it's happening, like this is it, right? You know, something will happen, whether it's term limits, whether it's it's expanding the court. Um, There's also... Uh, conversations about adding states, adding Puerto Rico, right. adding D.C. as a state. Uh, also conversations about changing the cap on the number of members of the House of Representatives. That is, yeah. Um, which are all kind of, this is a real time where reform is getting very seriously talked about and very seriously considered. And I don't remember that being as real before. That, that, absolutely true. And I feel uh, there's a piece that I will have put up by the time this publishes. Uh, that, <laughs> so, this, so mark this. I, I can I can guarantee this. I'll put ba- this on basically, the John, uh, John Roberts faces a situation mm-hmm. as far as the court specifically goes, I would like to think, and obviously others are going to try and get around this, but he faces a situation where the court's going to change and they can either do this the easy way or the hard way, <laughs> basically. I think that the the easy way, what I would, my dream would be in this kind of neo-Rawlsian uh, vision that I have sure. is that there would be a term limits law passed. The next administration would put up a justice and that person would show up at the Supreme Court and start measuring drapes in Clarence Thomas's office because that would be the person <laughs> who would be off, you know, the, yeah. through that system. If there is a challenge to it uh, and some argument that that's not constitutional, that would get resolved pretty quickly because one of one or the other of them is a Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. and that has to get resolved fast. And basically, if it's resolved in the favor of the term limits law, we would then have at least two. Right, there's also potential stripping of jurisdiction, which right, is part which you of that could ju- yeah. jurisdiction strip on that to prevent the court from making mm-hmm. any judgment on it, which is constitutional. It's explicitly in the Constitution, but people are still afraid that even though it's written clearly in the Constitution that the uh, Supreme Court might decline to pay attention to that. But either way, that gets resolved one way or the other. And if it gets resolved in favor of the law, you would have a couple of people in, a precedent gets set, this is how it works, people do whatever, and then, you know, and that's it. And if it gets struck down, if they don't want to play that game, then the response is, well, you had your chance. Here's we, 20 new justices. We know Da-da-da. that adding four to six to, yeah. obviously, Ellie says 20, which uh, would turn our court into, like, the Swiss Supreme Court, which is a joke. But uh, nobody seriously would want I, that I, many, I, but I know he's saying that. But you would add people, and, uh, and you know, that would be the hard way. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly would hope cooler heads would prevail and we would get something that is more... Mm-hmm. fair and reflects uh, just democracy should not be run by an aristocracy sitting on a bench for 30 years. Like there should yeah. be some turnover. They, and clearly that's what the framers intended. The first chief justice. Yeah, no one, no one thought that we, the entire fate of our rights would turn on how long an 87 year old is able to live. The first chief justice quit before hearing a case because <laughs> that's how bad this job was. And nobody cared about it. Like they, that's what the founders thought this was going to be. And mm-hmm. the idea that it has changed demands some sort of change with it. I think, you know, the, and the Supreme court's important. They do lots of things. They deal with constitution law, but I mean, there's criminal law cases and uh, there's, I mean, everything property and you building you know, to something here. I think you're building to something. And if you work with contracts yeah. and don't use contract tools, you're missing a lot. Save time, effort, and be more accurate with technology that reviews hundreds of pages, sorts and organizes, and helps you fix common errors in seconds, not hours. Why agonize about paperwork when you should be focusing on the deal? Don't fall behind. Visit papersoftware.com, enter the code LTN2020 to get one month free. That's papersoftware.com and LTN2020. 
So, I mean, the other kind of issue that is we're talking about with relationship to the Supreme Court, because, again, it's a pretty big deal uh, in legal circles. You know, there is kind of the the mom aspect of putting Amy Covid Barrett on the Supreme Court. Um, people are, are talking a lot about yeah, the I caught in- that. That was good. I didn't even mean it that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the nickname's <laughs> just too perfect. It's too point. good. It's yeah. too good. But um, it's also in an interesting juxtaposition to the very famous uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote, um, you know, how many women on the Supreme Court is enough? And, you know, she's famously said when there are nine. And I mean, listen, it, it was a great quote. It seemed very off the cuff when it happened. It was, a you know, it's a it's great in its own way. But the reality is, I don't think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I mean, listen, she knew at the end of her life that Amy uh, Coney Barrett was likely to replace her years before. Yeah, um, this has been a this known. Is, this has been a known known fact. And yet her dying wish was still, please let the next administration replace my seat. So she didn't mean it in quite of this literal, like literally having, having ovaries is somehow superior to having testicles, right? She wasn't talking about it, I don't think, in, in quite that same way. Yeah, I mean, I, definitely not. I actually, I've always thought that the way in which she was talking about it was not that nine women is the ideal as mm-hmm. much as it's enough when nobody would blink an eye if it happened to be nine women. I think that, I think that is you know? definitely, I think that is definitely true. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, physicality is not determining of someone's gender and whether someone is a woman or not, but um, I th- but, but I mean, I think that's part of the same thing. Yes, it, it, I agree. It's that it's that the norm should be that it never is it notable. Be a problem. It yes. would not be yes. notable yes. if it were to happen. Right. I think that was what right. she was trying to say. I, I think I think that that is true, and I think that with the ascension of ACB, I think it really kind of pulls it into into stark relief. And you know, I think you also had a story this week about someone sort of defending Brett Kavanaugh. He you know he notably has um, a lot of female clerks. And something that I wrote a couple of years ago, gosh, it feels like one million years ago, but a while ago, was that uh, I don't care how many female clerks he has. I care about what his policies do to women, and it's not good, um, and it's only getting worse. And yeah, no. I don't think that that's okay. Yeah, no, um, that's definitely true. Uh, speaking of his clerks, I mm-hmm. guess, they had a bit of a research problem this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. And maybe given this research problem, which we're going to talk about, maybe they needed to, I don't know, just get better at research. Because if they're looking for a true alternative to LexisNexis or Westlaw, they could save thousands this year if they switch to Case Text. Over 7,000 law firms from solos to 40% of the AmLaw 100 use Case Text for legal research. Above the Law podcast listeners can go to http casetext.com slash above the law podcast to try case text for free for two weeks for $65 per month. You'll get access to 50 state and federal case law statutes and more with zero out of plan fees free for two weeks at casetext.com slash above law podcast. Yeah. So he it was a recent decision. Um, came out on Monday, I believe, the same day that um, ACB was elevated to the court. Mm-hmm. And it was the uh, DNC versus Wisconsin State Legislature yes. uh, a case. And in a 5-3 majority, all the conservative justices found that um, any extensions to Wisconsin's voter laws were inappropriate. Yeah, the the function the mm-hmm. function of the decision was to not allow a stay, basically, right. of this to, yeah. So, so that it you has to be received. That was weird posture, which is why there, there wasn't really really an opinion. There were a bunch of little concurrences and dissents. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 
Kavanaugh's uh, concurrence was was extraordinary. Uh, Mark Joseph Stern at Slate has an entire article that is just dedicated to all of the factual errors in the in the opinion. He pointed out as an example of a state said that this should be a state by state decision. Some states have made no changes to their normal uh, election laws as a result of COVID nineteen, and uses Vermont as an example, specifically Vermont. Yeah, which which has right. Yeah. I mean, literally, uh, th- that was last week. It was a trivia question. Um, of the day that I, I, I posed, uh, Vermont had their secretary of state came out and said, that is just not true. Um, they actually, what they did was mail everyone, every registered voter, uh, a mail-in ballot on October 1st. So there was extra time for people to re- to do it and no one had to request it. So that it kind of eliminates half the process. And that was the reason why they said that they are doing it by a receive by date, not a postmark date because mm-hmm. they had already mailed them out on October 1st. Um, and using that kind of as an example um, to stifle votes is wildly inappropriate and shockingly inaccurate. They, I mean, like I noticed when I first saw it, the mm-hmm. one thing that stuck out to me was this quote from... Professor Rick Pildes uh, getting quoted Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, there's a problem with late ballots, which struck me as odd as I know Rick Pildes and I do not think he would say that. (laughs) So I went back and sure enough, he does not say that. Uh, The literal quote says that, but the- It's a straw person It's functionally a straw argument. Uh, Or more accurately, it's a reason that you would do something different. Right. But this is- I mean, this is like citing red flag cases level of bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you wonder why there was no clerk who was capable of finding these things. I saw a lot of the mistakes clarified by Tierney Sneed from TPM, uh, Mm -hmm. actually who Mark Joseph Stern in that article, he credits as where he first saw these too. Because I think she was the first person to sit down with it and really dig into, wait a minute, this This, this doesn't seem right at all. (laughs) Uh, But it's true. They... um, this is what a clerk is theoretically there to do. And, and especially mm-hmm. because none of these citations really were necessary. I, I mean, some of the factual errors that, that uh, when MJS like expands on this, he talks about some certain things that are just wrong, right. but like partisanly wrong. Like you're, you know it's wrong and you're saying it for a reason. But a lot of these others are just errors that are being made gratuitously. You don't need to add to the pin site with a case that actually concludes the other way. You don't need to add to, uh, you know, Vermont as an example right. when you know it's not true. Like, And this is stuff that anybody who's remotely good at this job would have noticed and pointed out. And it really underscores something that we've been talking about a lot. And I know that there are some firms out there that a lot hey, of them- a, a lot, lot of, them of are, money. <laughs> that a lot of them are quiet about it, mm-hmm. but- the clerks in this world who get all this money because they're the cream of the crop, supposedly, uh, the way in which conservative judges and justices have been aggressively hiring within this kind of echo chamber of FedSoc treasure at whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you get this clerkship and not necessarily the people who are the cream of the crop anymore. And this sort of churn has resulted in a situation where it's devalued some of these clerkships. And yeah. you get situations like this where people are making sloppy, bad mistakes that, frankly, summer associates don't make. <laughs> or should Honestly. <laughs> honestly. I, like, I, like the one of them, I was just like, I don't remember a summer doing that. <laughs> and like you look at these sorts of mistakes and you think, like, this is supposed to be a clerk who's supposed to get all this money and bring prestige to the firm. And that's why some firms, again, they're not talking about it a lot, but they scrutinize clerkships that they didn't used to. They used to right. say, ooh, two federal clerkships, you're in. Dun, and dun, now, dun. They look. now it's like, wait, who did you clerk for? Oh, hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, for the first time, we have a spate of 
federal judges that were ranked unqualified, right? Yeah. And so if you are clerking for them, it's not going to have the same weight as someone who is ranked qualified. Yeah. I mean, the, if there's a logic to clerkships beyond mm-hmm. a reflection of your transcript, which in theory, your transcript Does is your transcript, so you that don't job. need that. Right. But if there's any logic to it, it's that you learned some invaluable information learning at the knee of some grand practitioner. And when those grand practitioners are rated not qualified, uh, yeah. it, it's difficult to make the case that you've accomplished anything. For sure. Yeah, For sure. No, it, and it's sad because the whole clerkship universe uh, is a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that it's my biggest regret never doing, but I could not afford right. to not do it. Uh, I I came out in a year that was the one of those great salary bump years, like mm-hmm. one of the big, big jump ups. And the clerkships did not increase. respond. Uh, <laughs> they, cl- they don't listen to Cravath. Unlike and and clerkship bonuses back then were 10 grand. Uh, like it was, right, it you wasn't. come in as a, a second year as opposed to a first year and here's 10 grand. And I just looked, it was like, so I'm giving up like 70 grand to get 10. And I was just like, I can't do that. Um, right. And it's really sad because I, think I would have really enjoyed that. It was my kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. book learn bookworming yeah. <laughs> was kind of my thing. So yeah, it's it's yeah. sad and that this has been uh trashed like this. But yeah, I mean alas. one of the other kind of things that struck me um about the uh Kavanaugh decision is that for an originalist, someone who cares so very much about what happened in the seventeen hundreds as it relates to constitutional law, puts a really strong value on knowing on election night the winner of the ele- of the election. That is an incredibly modern pro- as as the founders <laughs> would have had it instantaneous electronically transmitted results Obviously. as of the end of election day. As of midnight. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the founders wouldn't have even cared about that. The, the founders didn't even contemplate the idea that you would get to vote. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. the founders technically just said state legislatures get to decide who the electors are. Mm-hmm. The idea of the state holding citizens voting to decide who the electors are isn't even a concept that is clear from right. the Constitution. Right. It just it strikes me as a thoroughly modern problem and as a touted originalist uh, to kind of say, well, we need to know right now. I mean, it's it's nakedly partisan. We have a mailbox rule in this world. Yeah. We have a rule in contracts that is about the idea that we all understand that once you put it in the mailbox, it's done and it counts as of that moment. And it, uh, uh, it, it was, it's just really... I mean, it only makes sense if you assume that he wants a particular result. But I mean, this goes back to your point. This is this is where, unfortunately, I think we've we pushed to reform now being a necessity. Yeah. Uh, and th- yeah. it's no longer, it's now just a question of what form it takes. Yep, there's and, not a question of if, it's what. Yeah, and, and it's, that's exciting. it's interesting. It's, it, it, is, it is interesting. I think it'll make for... Hopefully, the next four years to be to be very interesting and very thought provoking as we try to figure out what comes, what what do we do in a post Trump, hopefully post Trump world. Yeah, figuring out how to come out of things. How have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. So uh, finally, I guess there's a story that I, you know, kind of a fun evergreen story to discuss. Mm -hmm. What would you do 
if you've been, you know, all accused, I can think of that City High song. What would you do? do you if you've that? Been, you've been right, okay, so you've been accused of of several crimes over the years. Ooh, okay. You know, you've, you know, you're facing charges for this. You've got a different a guardianship thing going on with one mm-hmm. of your kids. It's just like the legal issues are just piling up, and you know what? It's tough. Like when you're in that sort of situation, and mm-hmm. it's a true. Mm-hmm. Testament to the access to justice problems in this country. Sure. You may not be able to find yourself a and, lawyer. Right. And, uh, and pro bono lawyers are fewer and far between, particularly, you know, during this time. It's pretty tough out there. So allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, New Hampshire resident Lisa Landon uh, allegedly found a solution for this. She it Was it creative? Did, was she thinking outside the box? She was thinking outside the box. Okay. Okay. I, I so mean, points I, for that. I was creative, impressed. Creativity. Yeah. She went to the court and said, yeah, I'm the prosecutor. I'm dropping the charges against this woman. Uh, I'm uh, guessing she's not actually the prosecutor. She, no, no. The, the, the defendant is not, in fact, the prosecutor. Yeah. But, but no, uh, utilizing the electronic system, among other things, managed to pretend to be, allegedly, the prosecutor to get all the, all the charges dropped. Also, pretended to be a retired judge and filed an opinion, supposedly by him, to waive filing fees in a different thing that she was doing. Oh, my uh, Yeah. She is facing a charge of false impersonation and six charges of falsifying physical evidence. Well, that seems like allegedly what she did. Yeah. You know. Out there, since she thought outside the box, it's a trying time. Um, I feel like in this, in the, you know, we're coming up on the end of the year, which means we're coming up on the Above the Law Lawyer of the Year mm. nominees. I Technically feel like not eligible since she, she's not oh, a lawyer. I don't know. Like I'm going to hold the line it, on this one. You have to actually be a lawyer to count I don't as think Lawyer you, of the Year. I mean, you don't have to be licensed. I don't think we have to say people are licensed. We just ha- they have to be. I mean, lawyers more a state of mind, <laughs> as far as I can tell. If you believe you're a lawyer. Oh, you are a lawyer. Yeah. It, look, I mean, if Kim Kardashian can do it, I feel I mean, she like... hasn't yet, and she's studying, and she's going to have to take the bar exam before she can be called a lawyer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm going to hold the line on this one. I'm going to say no to, to be a nominee for Lawyer of the Year. See, again, this is this is the kind of stinginess that I have to uh, I have to deal with among yes. the above the law staff. This is why yes, you are you are noted generosity. No, yeah. no. I mean the I, opposite of accurate. I okay. am the softy who is known for being warm yeah. and caring. <laughs> for, yeah, always you know, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Anyway. Well, I feel as though we have uh, droned on for you all long enough. Uh, you're hearing this probably in the aftermath of Election Day. So uh, hopefully. hopefully you voted. Uh, hopefully you were allowed to. Uh, and hopefully we still have voting in this country, which I'm not positive we will uh, based on this week. Uh, but who knows? Things have turned around rather quickly. So I should have, I guess, thrown in the possibility that the franchise has been totally lost. Anyway, with all that said, we will rejoin you in the future. You should be listening to this through your podcast subscription services. Uh, That's very useful because then you can get them every time they come down. You should give reviews, write something, helps more people discover the show. You should be reading Above the Law. As always, follow I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one on Twitter. You should listen to The Jabot, Catherine's show, and you should check out the legal tech reporter roundup weekly thing. I don't, you know, I, I, it doesn't have like a clever name, I don't think. Anyway, but you check out so that. You don't if know you, the name of the show you're on. I mean, it's not, it doesn't like roll off the tongue. No, I should, yeah. We Maybe should, no. We should yeah. figure that out. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, noted softy, Joe Patrice. Yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with softiness. Anyway, um, well, it but... It doesn't not have to do with it. Then, uh, with all that said, you should be listening to the other shows of the Legal Talk Network. And thank you, as always, to Contract Tools by Paper Software. And I think with all of that, we will be back soon. And then soon, coming to you on Wednesdays. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.